So I thought um, we'd start off by looking a little bit of what we've done so far. So we had an introduction, and there was a video with that introduction that Terry asked us to look at if we wanted to at home, and one of the things, the scriptures in that was Philippians 4, which says, be anxious about nothing, but give everything to God, pray about everything. Um, but there's a little phrase before that um, thing saying, be anxious about nothing, which says, the Lord is near. And that really spoke to me, the Lord is near. He's here, he's not far away. We don't have to take a megaphone to shout to God, he's near. Um, Terry con continued the series with Ephesians in heavenly places. And then we had a meal together, and Lucy and Yemi shared their testimonies, which was brilliant. Um, Gary talked about remain in me from John 15. Live in me, abide in me, remain in me, walk with me. Um, then Greg talked to us from Matthew 6 and the Lord's Prayer. Which doesn't seem to be doing any. There we are. Um, Praying God's kingdom into being. Um, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then, was it only last week? Gary talked about, you've got the power. Yeah? Um, from Acts 3. And we looked at the story of Peter and John at the temple when they um, prayed for the man. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Those of you who know that story. So I thought today it'd be great if we looked at a couple of pictures, if you like, from the Old Testament that can help us in our praying. So first of all, we're going to look at the story of Elijah. Um, which is... Oh, I seem to have my slides in the wrong order. Okay. It's in 1 Kings and chapter 18, if you've got a Bible and you want to have a look. Yeah, there it is. <coughs> On Kings chapter 18. Now, the context of this is that they've just had a big sort of showdown. Elijah has um, confronted the prophets of Baal, who were like the enemies of Israel, that Israel was worshipping other gods. And they had this big, major, massive showdown where Elijah calls down fire from heaven and God answers, and there was this amazing thing that happened. And the Israelites repented and said, yes, the Lord is God. We will follow the Lord. And up, leading up until that point, there had been drought for three and a half years. There had been no rain in the land for three and a half years because Elijah had prophesied there wouldn't be any, and Elijah had prayed that there wouldn't be any. And now... Um, in 1 Kings 18, verse 41, we pick up the story there. Elijah said to Ahab, who was the king, the wicked king, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. 
Go look towards the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So Elijah could be forgiven in some ways for thinking, um, God has just done something amazing. Um, God's just going to send the rain. I don't need to do anything. It will all be okay. Um, But he knows he needs to pray. Um, This is his response. That's quite a powerful picture, isn't it? He climbed to the top of a mountain and bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. He demonstrates his absolute dependence on God. It's not about him. It's about God and what God wants to do. He knew there was a battle in the spiritual realm that needed to be won. And that's where he knew that he needed to do the battle. He sent his servant seven times to look. So he was pretty sure that God was going to answer, wasn't he? Um, he, He had faith in God that he was going to do it, but he knew he needed to pray. He knew it wasn't just going to happen. It was a battle. And he won the battle. There you go. There's a picture. We've got one. (laughs) But look how little the cloud is. It's a tiny cloud. The Bible said it's a cloud the size of a man's hand. You could barely see it. But Elijah knew that was the sign that God was moving. And then he said, go and send his servant, go and tell that king, get in your chariot. God is sending the rain. Um, Just go back to that picture a minute this morning. Linda, I can't go back, yes I can. Um, Linda quoted that scripture when we were praying upstairs. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land and heal our world and heal all the other things that need to be done. Um... In the book of James, James said, Elijah was a man like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So if you might like me, when I heard that scripture the other week, and when I read it myself, I thought, well... It's okay for Elijah. Elijah was Elijah. He's he's a big prophet. He's a big man of God, isn't he? Um, Don't think I'm like Elijah in any way at all. But there are some steps we can look at in this story that might help us. 
if we want to, for God to do immeasurably more, we do need to pray and ask him to do it. But look at what happens when we pray. And this is what happened when Elijah prayed. It's an amazing thing that God does. Elijah heard from God. He knew what God wanted to do. And then he prayed what God wanted to do back to God. He prayed his will back to him. And then God sent the rain. And we can do this thing. He wants to work with us, his people, to bring about change in our lives, in our church, in our community. And it's an amazing thing. Why would God want to do things that way? Why would he want to use us? But it seems to be what he does. God used Elijah. If Elijah hadn't prayed, Elijah knew there wouldn't be any rain. He needed to pray. Um, So when we hear from God, he answers us. And it builds our relationship. Every time we pray a little prayer, we think, oh, I think God wants to do that. Let's pray. It builds our faith, and God answers, and then we can pray for something else. Lucy's little one gave a testimony this morning. That's amazing. God is building her faith. They prayed together for something, and God answered. And now she knows God answers when I pray, and it's building her faith. And when Gary talked the other week about abiding and living and walking with Jesus... That's the key to God answering our prayers. Um, Jesus said in that passage in John 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, whatever, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. So that abiding, seeking God, that's where we hear from God. So some of you will say, well, that's okay. Prophets hear from God, don't they? I don't hear from God. I mean, that's for something else. That's for somebody else, not me. But sometimes we don't know what to pray, do we? We don't know how to pray. And that's when we need to say to the Lord, well, how, how can I pray for this then? What do you want me to pray? And God will speak to you. If you ask him, he will, you will hear something. Maybe just a little idea will drop into your head. Don't expect a big booming voice, although God might do that if he wants to. Um, sometimes it might be a picture. And then you just see a different you see the situation in a slightly different light and you think, oh, that is what needs to happen. And then you can pray specifically that God will do that thing. And when you pray for something specific, you know when God's answered, don't you? Um, So God does lead us. Maybe it's a scripture. You'll bring a scripture to your mind and you can pray scripture into a situation. And in Romans 8 it says, doesn't it, we don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayers and intercedes for us. So there are lots of ways God will help us to pray if we ask him. He will speak to us. Um, The thing that we need to do is put ourselves in that place and pray. And then God will speak to us. And then we can begin to pray. We can begin to pray. I wonder what are the things that are on your heart? What are the things that get under your skin? What are the things that bother you? in the world, in your families, in the church? Is there something God is asking you to pray for? Maybe it feels a bit big, like, oh, I can't pray for that. I'm just 
you know. Um, but if you feel like me, you feel very small praying for these big issues, don't know where to begin. Here's another picture from the Old Testament that might help us a little bit. We all know this story, don't we, of Moses, Aaron, and her. So there's another battle situation. We seem to be talking about battles today. Um, there's another battle situation here. Um, the Amalekites have come and attacked the Israelites, and um, Joshua sends them in. No, Moses sends them in um, to to fight. I thought I put a marker in here. Oh, here it is. It's next to 17. Let's just quickly read that bit. Um, So the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites, and Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. So he was getting tired of standing up, so he sat down. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Moses knew that that's what... It's interesting, isn't it? The Bible doesn't tell us much about the battle that was going on down there, but it gives us quite a clear picture of what was going on on top of the mountain. Um, Moses was holding the staff of God, but it's a real picture of him praying. Um, He knew that the Israelites couldn't win on their own. He knew that that was where the battle was. There was a physical battle going on down there, but Moses and Aaron and Hur were really fighting the spiritual battle up there on top of the mountain. So we found a picture of him too. (laughs) There they are supporting his arms, holding the stuff up. Um, it's, it's a picture of prayer, isn't it? Um, and this picture works on several levels, I think. Um, Moses needed his friends. He was tired. He'd been praying. He'd been fighting this battle. He was tired. He needed his friends. And we need each other. Um, But it also works on the level that the battle was going on down there and somebody else. They weren't praying for each other, were they? They were praying together for something else. And there is real strength in praying together. Um, I said to some people, our little English cafe team got together a couple of weeks ago, and I said, well, why is it we pray together? What is good about praying together? And they were saying, well, it's scriptural, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus said, when where two or three are gathered together, there I am. Um, and it's true, we really encounter God's presence together in a way when we pray together that perhaps we don't experience so much on our own. Um, we encourage each other's faith when we pray together. Because 
We don't know what to pray sometimes, do we? But somebody else has got an idea, and somebody else really prays for something, and then, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I can see that now. And it sparks your faith, yeah? So one person prays, another person hears it, and we don't do much, amen, brother, in our church, do we? We don't like to drown people out when they're praying. But if you, if you get behind somebody when they're praying, um, it, it just encourages everybody, doesn't it? So that person's got a, does says something, and then you think, oh yeah, then we can pray this, and then somebody else takes it up. And because you're together, you really encourage each other, and the, and your faith rises, doesn't it? There's something really important about praying together. I am not good for praying at praying for big issues by myself. I feel like a little minnow. Some people might be like Elijah, and you can do it, but I'm not one of those people. I need other people to pray with. Um, And when we pray for those big situations, we do feel like, my experience anyway, is that you feel like you're part of something much bigger. Um, you are doing something about a situation that you could not affect in any other way. Um, and if we're praying for something in our church, you know, you have a part of it when you pray for them. You might not be in the team that's doing that thing, but if you pray for those people, then you take part. You have, you have a, a part in that thing that's happening. So, praying together is really important. Um, I'm going to share with you a little story. I was too, too minds whether to do it or not, but I will. A couple of years, no, a long time ago now, not a couple of years ago, a good few years ago when we still lived in London, um, I was in contact with some, um, a lady from a toddler group, and it turned out that she had cancer. And she was a young woman, she got two little children. And I was devastated, um, but I thought, what am we going to do? The only thing we can do is pray. So a friend and I got together and we prayed for this lady regularly. And we started, as you would, praying that God would heal her. But we started to feel that actually probably God wasn't going to heal her. Um, I'd love to stand here and tell you today that she is healed and she was, she's alive today. She's not. She dies of cancer. But as we were praying together, we started to hear God saying, you know, you really need to pray for her to know me. The, her eternal soul is really important. So we did start to pray for her. And um, it was not, not long before that that um, David Watson had brought out his book, is it called Fear No Evil or something, about his battle with cancer. And I screwed up my courage and I went and knocked on the lady's door and gave her a copy of this book. I said, you know, I don't know if you might like to read this. And, and she was like, oh, wow. And it turns out that she had known David Watson. She said, I heard that he'd written a book. When I was in my teens, we used to do this weird thing. You know, we used to go to this cafe and kind of pray. And then we used to go out on the streets and talk to people about God. And I was like, oh, right, okay. So it seems like she'd been around the edge of some kind of youth group. Maybe she'd been a Christian, we didn't know. But that really enabled us to pray a lot more, uh, with a lot more faith that she would come to know the Lord. 
I don't know if she did come to know Jesus, but there was a point when Jenny, the, the lady's name was who we were praying with, there was a point when we just felt, it's done. We've done it. And it was like God said, it's okay. And I can't tell you what happened, but in my heart, I believe that she'll be in heaven. Um, it, we heard not long after that that she had actually died. Um, but I believe we'll see her in heaven. But I couldn't have done that by myself. I needed somebody else to pray with. So if you're facing some issues in your life, and it's a big thing for you, if you want to pray for somebody else, you want to pray for your neighbours, find somebody to pray with because there's so much more strength and encouragement and blessing in praying together. So, when we pray together, we need each other. We're, we're made to be a body, aren't we? We need each other. When we pray together, it feels like we're part of something bigger. We experience God's presence together. We encourage each other. We spark each other's faith. And we're united with one aim. As we've been praying on our Tuesday evenings together, we've prayed for our government, we've prayed for the NHS, we've prayed for all sorts of things. But as we've prayed, you know, God has changed our hearts as well. The situations may have changed a little bit, but God has certainly changed our hearts. Well, I personally speaking, I'm much less, I'm much slower to criticise everything. Oh, it's a jolly government, they should do We've been praying for the government. We realise that they're people. You know, they're fallible human beings. They don't know what they're doing any more than I would. So whilst we don't agree with everything that goes on, our attitude, my attitude towards the government has definitely changed. And so as we pray together, God changes us. During the pandemic, we prayed for our scientists that, you know, they'd find a vaccine. So when the vaccine arrived, we were like, yes, praise the Lord, you know. We felt that we'd played our little tiny part in that because we'd been praying. And as we pray for stuff, you know, God involves us. So God wants to work on our earth and he wants us to be involved with him. So when we pray together, how did it go? That's it. God is glorified. So if lots of us pray for something, then we're all like, yeah, we prayed for that, didn't we? That was amazing. So if you just pray by yourself and nobody knows, which is fine, please don't, I'm not saying it's not fine, it is absolutely fine, we all do that and we need to do that. Um, but if you only pray by yourself, then only you know that God's answered. But if lots of us pray, then lots of us give glory to God. We're all encouraged. I think over the week we've been praying for, lots of us have been praying for Pat. And Anne has said how encouraged she has been by the fact that we've been praying for Pat. And those of you who've been praying for him know that he is home and doing okay. You've got a part of that answer because you prayed for him. Yeah? It, it, you're involved in this story. You have some buy-in to the story, don't you? So we, God is glorified. We are all encouraged and we're all united as we play our part. Some of you have been praying for Youth Alpha because Bigsy put it on Facebook. So you've got a part in that. If some young people give their lives to Jesus, 
that's because you've been involved too. You're involved just as much as the young people are. So praying together, it unites us as a body, it encourages us, it glorifies God. So let's do this thing as much as we can. Please understand this is not an advert for Tuesday night prayer. <laughs> you are very welcome if you'd like to come. Um, but find somebody to pray with. Pray in your house groups, pray in your small groups, pray wherever you can. But if you can pray with others, do it. Do pray by yourself, but do pray with others too. So in conclusion, we can pray like Elijah because we can hear those whispers from the Holy Spirit and pray God's will back to him. We can pray God's will into being on earth as we hear from God. And we need each other. We can't do this thing on our own. So if there are things you need to pray for, find somebody and pray with them. Father, thank you that when we talk to you, when we pray, when we bring what we think is our little prayer, thank you, Father, that you hear us. Thank you, Father, that you hear us. We pray, Lord, today that you'd encourage us, you'd encourage our faith, and you'd help us to see how it is that you move when we pray. Lord, we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>